1: and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma, because it is a great time to pick up the hammer, to pick up the paintbrush, to pick up the saw, and get to work. I love doing projects this time of year. Because because you get to bundle up and open the windows. That's right. You can work inside with the windows open. If you're doing a painting project, you can work outside. There's so many things that it makes sense to get done right now. We know you've got a few of those on your list. Give us a call and let us help. The number is one Money Pit 888-666-3974. We have been very busy prepping today's show for you. Coming up this hour, as it turns cold outside, not only do we love to scamper inside to stay warm, apparently so do lots of our furry little <laughs> friends. They like to head inside to your house to take shelter. So we're going to have some tips on how to keep those pesky little rodents from staying on the outside of your house coming up.
0: Mm, And I hope they do not visit us this year. And have you ever wished you could turn your house into one of those really cool haunted houses that crop up this time of year? Well, we are getting insider secrets for staging your home like the Adams Family would from a scenery designer of New York City's scariest haunted house known simply as Nightmare.
1: No question about what you'll find in that house, is there?
0: No, not at all.
1: (laughs) And this hour, we're also giving away a $100 Lowe's gift card courtesy of Pellet, Windows, and doors you can use it to help replace some of those old inefficient windows indoors it's a great project that will save energy and also benefit you at tax time so give us a call right now the number is one eight 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 money pit let's get to it Leslie who's first
0: Greg in Minnesota' is on the line looking for some help with insulation what can we do for you
2: well I'm just wondering what which is more efficient in an attic especially up here in uh, West central Minnesota where we get a little cold in the wintertime um, is it is it more efficient to use rolled out insulation in my attic or to use blown in insulation in my attic?
1: I think that both will be equally efficient um if they are installed properly. Now well how old is your house, Greg?
2: It was built in seventy three, so it's
1: All right, so there's a standard stick frame construction? Yes, sir. So I think you can use regular uh, bat insulation because it's a little bit easier to handle than the blown in and also after the fact if you need to, uh, you know, get in there to do any wiring or anything like that. It's a lot easier when you don't have to kind of plow through all the blown and stuff. So I prefer a bat whenever I can use it. Well, what I would do is I would put, to get, put down 8 to 10 inches between the floor joists or the ceiling joists. And I would also then put another 8 to 10 perpendicular to that. So you're going to want, you know, somewhere in the 18 to 20 inch range of insulation when you're done in that part of the country. And then lastly, make sure you have plenty of ventilation. So you need to have ridge vents and soffit vents so that you're moving a lot of air through it. Because if not, what will happen is you'll get condensation in that attic, and then it'll make the insulation damp and ineffective. So good insulation and good ventilation put down in a couple of layers on the insulation. I think you'll be in good shape.
0: Do you have any insulation up in your attic already? Yeah, there's insulation there now.
2: Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's gotten compacted over the years. It's blown in insulation. It was there when we moved into the house about uh, 11 years ago.
0: Okay. So okay. it's important when you're going to put the fiberglass bats on top that you go with unfaced, right, Tom?
1: Yes. You always want to use unfaced insulation. Okay. All right. All right. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Well, if you've got a damp, moldy crawl space in your house in New York, like Claudette does... Why not turn it into a basement? <laughs> what can we do for you, Claudette?
3: I'm a novice at home, home ownership, and I have a house that I bought five years ago, and it has a crawl space under it, which I knew nothing about crawl spaces before I moved in this house. The point is, it's damp, it's moldy, it looks like uh, Friday the Thirteenth when you go <laughs> in there. <so> I'm terrified <laughs> of it, so. I would love to find out and if there's any way you could turn a part of it into a basement. It's now five, four feet, five inches
1: deep. Well, you, you could deepen it into a basement, but that's not going to address your problem. Your Your problem is that you have a moisture... Problem in that crawl space, and we need to get that under control, Claudette. So let's talk about that as the first step because if we can dry it up, and then we could talk about what you might want to do with it. You know, creating a basement from a crawl space is a pretty big project, but the first thing you want to do is get that crawl space as dry as you possibly can. So, most moisture problems are caused by poor drainage at the outside of your house. This means that you either don't have a gutter system or your gutter system is clogged or your downspouts are not diverting the water away from the foundation. They've got to go out at least four feet. The second thing is the angle of the soil. You've got to have soil that slopes away from the wall on the outside. If you have good drainage at the outside of your house, then you're not going to have enough humidity getting into that crawl space to cause trouble.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, design, decor, whatever you are working on. We have got an answer to your question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974.
1: Up next, do you hear the subtle sounds of scurrying animals in your house from time to time? Well, as the weather gets cooler, rodents come inside to seek shelter. Find out how to keep those pests away next. where home solutions live. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour will win a $100 gift card for Lowe's, courtesy of Pella Windows and Doors. Lowe's is making it easier to jumpstart your next home improvement project with 31 ways to save during 31 days of October. And Pella suggests that you spend your money wisely. With energy-saving products like Pella's 350 Series vinyl Sliding Patio Doors, they are made with hurricane-impact-resistant glass and foam-insulated panels for increased energy efficiency.
0: All right. Well, the cooler weather that's starting to happen all across the country this time of year means that little furry creatures are going to be looking for a warm place to spend their winter. So to keep mice away from your home, simply avoid creating nesting sites. Now, stacks of newspapers, cardboard boxes, and even firewood, those items encourage the nesting instinct in these animals. So keep these items off of the floor inside and keep them away from the foundation of your home outside. And remember that mice, they can squirt. Squeeze through places as small as a dime. Gross. So seal up potential areas with steel wool, because they can't get through that, and then pay attention to areas around pipes, vents, and ducts, because that's another place they're coming in.
1: And remember, you want to keep a clean house. You need to sweep up crumbs and store dry foods like cereal or pet foods in plastic containers. Poisons designed to eliminate rodent infestations also work well as long as you follow instructions and keep your kids and pets away from it. And speaking of which, there are... Uh, pet-safe traps that you can use, or I should say pet-safe bait containers that you can use that essentially the bait is trapped inside this little box and the pets can't get in it, but the rodents can access it just fine. So if you're going to use poison, make sure you use one of those special containers to uh, keep the pets safe at the same time. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Let's get back to it. Leslie, who's next?
0: Now we're going to help Dennis in South Carolina, who's got a washing machine that seems to be acting up. What's going on?
1: Well, when
2: uh, it gets through the wash cycle, it discharges and it fills up and overflows out of the, uh, the standing pipe. And okay. uh, I've snaked it, but it still um, overflows.
1: And you're sure it's out of the standpipe itself. It's not out of the washing machine. In other words, the water is definitely getting to the drain on the washing machine, and then it's going down the sandpipe.
2: It's going down the sandpipe, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's one thing and one thing only that's got to be causing this. it has got to be an obstruction in there, Dennis. You're just not catching it with the snake. It's the okay. only thing that could be happening. Um, have, you, where have you Where have you snaked it? Have you snaked it right from there? Right
2: from there. And I actually had a plumber come and snake it from the roof as well. Hmm.
1: From the- yeah, somewhere you guys are missing this. Um, one of the things that you might want to think about doing is a lot of the um, drain cleaning companies have cameras that they can run down the pipe these days. Okay. And you can actually watch the the camera go through the pipe system on a video you screen. Can see exactly
0: what's and going on. And see exactly on. what's
1: going on and where the clog is. Okie dokie. Yeah, that's what's going on. I just want to make sure it's not clogged up in the, in the washer itself. I've actually had socks... Go into uh, the drain lines on washing machines by accident, and it just <laughs> causes the whole thing to overflow.
0: So that's the mystery sock-eating monster. Yeah,
1: the mystery sock will turn up in the hottest place. But if uh, if it's getting down the, the standpipe, but it's it's backing up from there, then it's got to be the pipe. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Diane in Iowa is calling in with a tricky bathroom question. Tell us about it.
4: Um, we have two bathrooms and. When we get a lot of company and a lot of bathroom activity, flushing, we get a backup, not a a liquid, but a smell. And it's coming from one of the two bathrooms, whichever one it chooses to.
0: So it's not both at the same time. It's one or the other. Yeah, one or the other.
1: Hmm. Who's in the bathroom when you get the sewer smell?
0: Who's in there? (laughs) (laughs) Tom's looking to place blame. Just just trying to nail down the,
1: the parameters here. Well, generally, sewer smells are associated with a venting problem. And um, that means that somehow the sewer gas is getting up into the living space as opposed to being vented outside. Now, has it always been this way or is it something that's you know developed more recently?
4: Um, it developed when we put in the second bathroom.
1: Uh-huh. You put in the second bathroom and you had the problem. Okay. This kind of confirms my suspicion that there's a problem with the venting. Have you had a plumber look at it? Uh,
4: yes, and uh, we do get that gurgling sound, you know, oh, every once in a while. That's more evidence
1: of the same problem because if you're not venting properly, you're not getting enough air into the pipes that causes the gurgling. You've got to get a plumber in that knows what he's doing, and you've got to get to the bottom of the venting situation. It sounds to me like when the second bathroom was put in, the plumbing vents weren't in properly that's why you're getting the sewer smell and the gurgling issue because you don't have enough air getting in to replace that which is flushed by the toilet
4: okay so i need a plumber
1: crystal clear okay okay but the good news is it really doesn't matter who's in the bathroom <laughs> thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
0: don in michigan needs some help with a fireplace project what can we do for you
1: well, I purchased
2: a house about a year ago to uh, rehab. I'm living in it. And the front of the house is covered with the same material as the fireplace is. And I, I believe it's like a limestone or a sandstone. It's not hard like granite. Okay. So on the inside of the house, the fireplace, the stone has turned quite uh, dingy, I guess is the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. I've had two cleaning companies that just do, like, house cleaning, cabinets, floors, etc. come out and give me an estimate on my kitchen, and while they were there, I asked them what they could do with the fireplace. They tried just kind of standard cleaning agents and a stiff brush, brush, Mm -hmm. and that didn't do any good. So I'm at a, a little bit of a standstill or a quandary as to maybe how to clean that fireplace stone.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Have, you tried, um, have you tried oxygenated bleach? Yeah. Or just bleach itself.
2: Oh. No, I haven't. No.
1: Okay. You might want to try um, using OxyClean. Okay. Which okay.
0: surprisingly works on everything.
1: Yeah. It, it's, that's really good stuff. And that, that tends to work well on masonry. Another thing that you could try, which we frequently recommend for tough st- stains like oil stains in driveway, is TSP or trisodium phosphate. I wouldn't try them together. Uh, I'm familiar with that product. Yeah, yep. TSP. Uh, and why don't you try them on? You know, try them on opposite sides of the fireplace and and just kind of see what seems to work best. It's going to be a little bit of experimenting here, but you ought to be able to find something that's going to brighten it up. I don't think we just have to uh, give up and pull out the paintbrushes here. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay. I believe I know what you're talking about.
0: And when you well, use great. your brush, you want to use a natural fiber brush. Don't use anything metal.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Very good. I just started listening to your show a couple weeks ago while I'm laying pavers outside. That's what I listen to. And uh, you guys are like the Wikipedia of home repair. It's unbelievable (laughs) what you know.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Don. We appreciate it. I'll
2: give this a try. Thanks a lot.
1: 888-666-3974. We should change our show to that, the Wikipedia (laughs) of home repair.
0: Deb's calling in from Texas, and she needs some help building a new home. How can we help you?
4: Hi there. Actually, what I'm doing is I'm looking for replacement windows for my current home. Oh, okay. I've got a home that's about 12 years old, and the original homeowner or person that built it put in single-pane windows. Uh And you can tell that my electrical bill has been a little high, so I'm going to start working on replacement windows. And I don't know anything about replacement windows and what's a good quality window.
1: Well, I'll tell you, right now is a really good time to be buying replacement windows. Because of the federal energy tax credit that's available, that can return up to $1,500 to you in the form of a tax credit, not a tax deduction, but an actual deduction, an actual credit on the amount of money you owe in taxes if you put in windows that meet energy efficiency standards. So your choices on this are very numerous. Um, But you want to make sure, the first thing that you want to do is make sure that whatever window you buy meets the standards that's set forth by the federal government to get that tax credit. Simonton Windows is an excellent brand, and we have worked with them now for about six months and actually produced a free chapter uh, to our book, My Home, My Money Pit, that's available at moneypit.com right now on the homepage. You can download it. And it will tell you everything you need to know about choosing replacement windows for your home, including what standards to look for to make sure they qualify for the federal tax credit. So head on over to MoneyPit.com, download the free chapter, Your Guide to Replacement Windows, and then take a look at the Simonton products at Simonton.com. And I think you can't go wrong there.
4: Okay, that's a good product. There was somebody that recommended Teed. Is that a comparable
1: product or similar? Teed is another manufacturer. And remember, no matter who you work with, make sure they qualify for the federal energy tax credit. And you've got okay. to be educated about this, Deb, because there's a lot of confusing advertising going on out there right now. We continually hear um, advertisements in our New York area where companies are advertising, for example, that ENERGY STAR windows qualify for the tax credit. And that is not true because ENERGY STAR uh, standards and the standards set forth by the, uh, the federal government for the tax credits are two completely separate sets of standards. So you have to be very careful to make sure you are getting windows that will get you this tax deduction and be you know, as energy efficient as possible all at the same time.
4: Okay, okay. Well, I'll download that and give it a try and uh, learn a little bit more. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, Deb. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
0: George, New Jersey has an issue with garage doors. Tell us about it.
3: Well, um, I have a garage, a roll-up garage door with about four panels, and they're wood-framed, but the veneering that you look at as you look at the door is a masonite, Mm -hmm. and there's a tendency with splashing of rain up on the doors for the masonite to absorb the water and essentially kind of swell almost yep. as sheetrock mm-hmm. would with water. Yep. And I'm wondering what kind of a sealer uh, might be applied that would make the masonite essentially impervious to the water.
1: Not possible. Oh. You're, you're stepping into a a well-established problem here. With, with it's very similar to the composite siding and hardboard siding issues. There's a lot of lawsuits over this over the last uh, decade or even more, where you had this uh, hardboard styled surface that got wet, swelled, and basically started to fall apart. So. So you're never going to get it to be completely impervious. What you can do, is this a, a stained door or a... Yeah, well, it has paint?
3: a finish it has a finish uh, paint or stain. I guess it's right. a paint.
1: Well, what I would do is this. I would try to make sure that we seal any gaps between the uh, hardboard surface and the wood frame of the garage door. So any gaps there, you can caulk those. And then I would just use two coats of good quality exterior paint. I would prime it first with an oil-based primer. And then I would put about two coats of exterior paint on top of it. And, you know, painting regularly is the best way to preserve a composite surface. But, you know, the product is kind of working against you. And eventually you're going to have to replace those doors.
3: Gotcha. Thought there might be something with all the modern technology that could.
1: Well, uh, there is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's called a better garage door. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're right about that.
1: <laughs> George, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, Halloween is gaining on Christmas as the holiday that Americans love to decorate for. I know, I love it. Up next, we are going to share tips on decking out your home in more than just jack-o'-lanterns and black cats from the scenery designer of one of the scariest haunted houses in the country. So stick around.
4: money
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And Halloween now is officially right around the corner. And for millions of us, it's an excuse to deck out the house with lots of spooky decorations to celebrate the uh, spirit of the holiday (laughs) in more ways than one. In fact, do you know that only Christmas tops uh, Halloween for home decor sales? People spend a lot of money making their houses scary.
0: And they're both a lot of fun to decorate for. But if you want to go a little bit further than black cats and jack-o'-lanterns, our next guest can help you with that. Paul Smitherman is the scenery designer for Nightmare, a truly scary experience. It's rated the number one haunted house in New York City by AOL. So Paul is joining us now with tips on turning your cozy home into a creepy abode. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. I will tell you, my friend Lara has been to your show, I guess, for the past three years and says it scares the bejesus out of her.
1: Every year,
5: too. I I should think so as well.
1: (laughs) So before we get into our house, let's talk about your house. You guys take an existing building and every year create a totally new, scary experience there in New York City?
5: Yes, we do. We've been doing it for seven years now. And uh, currently, we're residing at 623 Broadway in Manhattan. And uh, it's an empty space that gets rented out for uh, special events and and that kind of thing. We come in, we erect our superstructure, our house, and then uh, the rooms happen within that.
0: Do you go with a different theme each year, choosing some sort of spooky idea to sort of kick it off? Or is it just generally scary?
5: Uh, No, each year it's a different theme. Um, Last year was uh, Nightmare Vampires, where you entered MOVA, the Museum of Vampiric Artifacts, and (laughs) things happened. And this year uh, we're Nightmare Superstitions. So, uh, yes, we're playing on... Many uh, superstitions from all around the world from hundreds and years uh, uh, past and, and ones that people uh, have fun with today.
1: How long is the exhibit going to be available?
5: We go through uh, the first week of November. There are a few days off here and there, but pretty much you can get uh, bejeebus scared out of here uh, most <laughs> days of the week.
1: We're talking to Paul Smithian, he's a scenery designer for Nightmare Haunted House. But let's talk a bit, Paul, about the decorating of your own house. Now, uh, Halloween is a really, really fun holiday. What are some things that folks can do without uh, getting a little too crazy with the decor that can really be quite effective for their own house?
5: Uh, Mischief is the main word that I like to use when it comes to uh, Halloween. Uh, um, Surprises, things that you feel that uh, you're not expecting. Then you get into uh, noises, different noises.
1: What are some cool ways that we could decorate, say, just our front porch, so that when trick-or-treaters approach, we can give them a little
0: bit of a scare right there? But a fun scare.
5: (laughs) Fun scare. Fun scares, uh, well, getting scared is so much fun. (laughs) So uh, usually uh, folks will be uh, well into it and and very happy to be scared eventually. Um, Cobwebs and gooey stuff, they're great. Get those in. And and creating figures that aren't normally there is always fun, too, like shadowy figures. If you've got an old coat uh, and a coat hanger and maybe an old hat or something like that, put it in the corner of the porch where there isn't a great deal of light, but you're like, somebody there? Are they not? I don't know. That'll that'll get folks on edge, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Again, really interactive stuff rather than just decorative stuff. Is for us. That's totally what we do uh, at the, the haunted house.
0: What I mean, I know your background is theater. So, is there a fun yeah. way that you can use sound or sound cues or tricks to kind of spook people, a smidgens? Oh
5: yeah, sound is great. Um, a a trick uh, one I would suggest is because they can be small now. Get, get a little boombox, record you know on your computer at home, record some whispers, whisper your family's names and and funny little words and. Uh, and then hide the boombox and turn it on, you know, at a, a low, uh, a low kind of volume. And they're sitting there having dinner, and all of a sudden, someone they can just about hear someone whispering their name. Stuff like that is a lot of fun. Um, you you can really get folks going with that kind of thing.
0: Oh my goodness! And what about colors? I know I always tend to go to like oranges, whites, and black. Is that generally a good sort of Halloween scary color palette, or is there something a little bit different to go with?
5: Oh, the colors for me for uh, for scary time are black and red. Uh, make things black and red. Um, uh, it's always great fun. Uh, you know, red is so evocative of, uh, of all things uh, scary and uh, um, uh, changing, uh, changing up um, things like a bulb, that, you know, in a, in a lamp or a light. Take the regular bulb out and put a red one in. See what happens when they turn it on. Uh, hey, again, they'll cool be idea. a little surprised. Uh, And things look very different in a red light than they do in a a normal uh, incandescent light.
0: Please, I still have nightmares from Amityville Horror House with that red room in the basement. I still get scared.
5: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Is there a fun way to sort of... I always try to go scary, but kind of not too frightening. Like, I'm still really into glitter skulls and lots of fun pumpkins and fun with lighting. But is there a way to be sort of kid-friendly in your scare? Because... I, I get totally freaked out at these haunted house experiences, just the fact that somebody could jump out at me and grab me at any second really puts <laughs> me on edge. So for me, I'm looking for things that are a little bit more kid-friendly because I have a two-year-old. So what can I yeah. do that, you know, might be a little bit more festive in a scary sense?
5: <laughs> well, you know, the clowns get people all all oh, the time.
0: All the time. Think,
5: yeah, the scary potential of clowns. Actually, for kiddies, is great because you can make them really scary but then you also you can pull back and there's still a clown and it's bright colors and it's out of the, out of the ordinary. It becomes festive. Halloween's no, uh, number two after Christmas um, because it is a festival time and, and people are having a great time together. So, uh, you know, with the little guys, you can, a clown uh, is totally a great way to go or like what I was saying with the porch, if you hang up an old coat and a hat, for the little guys, as long as you dispel the, 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 the sort of eeriness of it, you turn it around and it's got a big happy face on or something like that, um, that, that proves you're, you're, you're with the little guys and not just trying to scare them. Mm-hmm.
1: Great ideas. Paul Smithy and the senior designer for Nightmare Haunted House, thanks so much for stopping by the money pit. If uh, you're ready for a big scare, uh, check them out at NightmareNewYork.com. It's NightmareNewYork.com. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. Have fun on
0: Halloween. Up next, clumsy kids, they're one thing. But you may have hazards around your house that you're not even aware of. We're going to tell you how to keep kids safe at home with a few tips on avoiding the most common household accidents after this. Live in a The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good
1: homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $100 gift card for Lowe's, courtesy of Pella Windows and Doors. Lowe's is making it easy to jumpstart. Your next home improvement project with 31 ways to save during 31 days in October. Spend your money wisely with energy-saving products like Pella's 350 Series Vinyl Sliding Doors. They are made with hurricane shield, impact-resistant glass, and foam-insulated panels for superb energy efficiency. Call us right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT.
0: All right. Well, this time of year, everybody is spending a lot more time at home. And that seems to be the time when we get into a little bit of injuries and accidents around our house. So while you can't prevent every accident at home, especially if your kids are anything like mine and Tom's, they're just all over the place. But if you do take a few minutes now to check your house for indoor hazards, you can save a trip to the doctor or even worse. For example, glass doors like your outside sliding doors or your storm doors, they're just an invitation for trouble. Kids often forget that the door is there in the first place and walk or worse yet run smack right into it. So what you can do is apply decorative details at the child's eye level as a constant reminder that the glass is there and that the doors are closed. Also make sure that the glass in those doors is safety glass and this is usually stamped on the glass near the corner of the door itself. And
1: also, you want to check the railings in your home. You need to make sure they're at least 36 inches tall, because a lot of older railings are not that tall, and that's Mm. a problem. And you want to make sure that there's no more than six-inch spaces between any of the spindles or the balusters. While it is still legal under most building codes, this six-inch space is still too wide, though for a really small child who could squeeze through the railing and fall. So if you've got a small toddler, you might want to also pick up some of that childproof netting you've seen. It's very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Essentially ties on. It just on ties on. It's not yeah. permanent. To the inside of the balcony, it prevents those little bodies from squeezing through and slipping through. The netting then can be removed when kids get bigger. It won't damage anything. So it just a it pays to be safe.
0: Mm-hmm. And then at that point, they'll only get their head stuck through it. <laughs> <laughs> 888-666-3974 now we've got Bill on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today?
5: Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Hey, I have a, a kitchen
2: floor, and it's a, probably about 10 years old. And in front of the oven, it's like buckling up on the joints, and it goes down like in two foot by two foot squares. Any idea what would cause that, or what's the best way to fix it?
1: Mm. So it's pressed up against the oven. You've had some movement in that floor. What kind of material is it, uh, Bill?
2: Well, it's not linoleum. I'm not sure what it is, but it goes down in like I said, two foot by two foot squares. And right in front of the oven there, it's like in the joints, it's popping up, you know?
1: Right. So is it is it it's, it's loose in terms of popping up or the edges are pressing together?
2: The edges are pressing together like it's, you know, pushing up like uh would crown up, you know, crown right. up the head.
1: Right. And what kind of floor is this over?
2: Um... Good question. I guess they put it down over the original kitchen floor, I guess.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, obviously, you've had some movement in this floor. And the fact that these edges are pushing up together means, you know, they're not going to go lay down flat because they're hitting each other. Is it possible to remove the tiles and reset them?
2: Yeah, I guess I was trying to figure out the easiest way. I guess that's the only way to do well, it. Well, the
1: only other thing that you can do if, it, if, it's, if it's strategically possible is to cut one of the high edges of this material to make enough room to press both down. Do you follow me?
5: Yeah. In other words, trim it a little bit you and have then to try trim to push it. it back
1: down again. That's right. And push it back down again. But okay. even even doing that, you may have a hard time getting it to lay flat. It sounds like 10 years is a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of wear and tear for a floor, Bill. You may need to be thinking about something new. Uh, you know, a good option here might be a laminate floor because it'll lock together and sit right on top of what you have.
5: Okay. All right. Good.
1: Thank you. You're welcome, Bill. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Fran in New Jersey needs some help with a caulking project. What can we do for you today?
4: Hi, yeah. We had our bathroom we'd done about five or six years ago. Okay. And it seems that uh, the bathtub where the tiles meet the bathtub, the caulk, mm-hmm. it keeps on uh, uh, not cracking exactly. But, but pulling away? Pulling away. Thank you. And we've had it redone. Now, we had it done professionally, and we've had it redone a few times, and it keeps on happening, and it's driving me crazy, because it always looks dirty, because you see the black, you know, from mm-hmm. coming Gunk that the gets tie. in,
1: yeah. Yeah, Fran, we have a great trick of the trade for that. Here's what I want you to do. The first thing you need to do is to remove all the old caulk. Now, if it doesn't come off easily...
0: And this is a project you can do yourself. No more okay, hiring we've done somebody, somebody for that We've this. done this a couple of times. Okay.
1: All right, so you know how to get rid of the old caulk, and there's a product called a caulk softener, which is sort of like a paint stripper for caulk that makes it really easy to get the old stuff out. Now, after it's out, you need to wipe it clean. I want you to use a bleach and water solution to do that. And then we want you to fill the tub with water all the way to the top. Now, the reason you're doing that is because it weights the tub down. Mm -hmm. While the tub is filled with water, then you caulk the tub, let the caulk dry, and then let the water out of the tub. What happens is the tub comes back up and compresses the caulk, and this way, when you stand in it, you don't pull the caulk apart.
0: It causes the caulk to sort of be springy and grow with the the tub and tile as there's movement.
1: That's so what you do.
4: about how long should it take before it dries? A couple
0: hours?
1: Yeah, a couple hours. You know, maybe you do it at night, let it sit overnight, and then let the water out the next day.
4: Okay. Thank you very very much for your
1: help. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. 888-666-3974 is the phone number. 1-888 Money Pit up next. So you now know that tax credits are here and available for plenty of home improvement projects around your house. But how exactly do you go about claiming them? We've got that tip next.
0: Pick up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet home. For calling 888 Money Pit.
1: Good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
0: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Call us right now at 1 888 Money Pit. You can also visit moneypit.com for tons of fall fix up ideas and you can take advantage of a perfect time of year for home improvement. Weather is just so great right now. There's lots of stuff to get done around the house and you've got tips on how to do that with our fall fix-up checklist at moneypit.com.
0: And while you're online, email us your question. I've got one here from John who writes, I just purchased a newly built home and it has lots of energy efficient products that are offered like vinyl windows, Energy Star appliance, gas hot water heater, and 16 inches of insulation in the attic. How do I apply for tax credits?
1: Ah, that's an excellent question, John. And like most things with the IRS, there's a form, <laughs> shockable shocks. Um, it is actually the IRS Form 5695, and if you fill that out with the required documentation, you can get that tax credit. Remember, that's a 15% tax credit off the cost of uh, the product. In some cases, it includes installation, and uh, that information is all in that Form 5695. And remember, it has to be filed by April 15th, 2011. So that is the drop dead date, so to speak, April 15th, 2011. But you might get uh, quite a bit back uh, from that energy efficient purchase.
0: And you know what, John, just make sure that you have all of the proper paperwork regarding those items so that when you file, you don't miss a beat.
1: Well, waking up the day after Halloween can be a bit rough. Not only do you usually have a candy hangover, but the neighborhood mm. kids may have targeted your house this year. Here in the Northeast, It's the night before Halloween, affectionately known as Mischief Night, uh, which is basically a whole night devoted to toilet paper, pampering trees, egging houses, and generally creating a very annoying mess. Leslie's got the tricks, though, on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word on how to make that all disappear.
0: That's right. And this year, I think it's going to be worse with Halloween being on a Sunday everybody is gonna be at it on Saturday night. So if you wake up to find a mess at your house, this is the most important thing. You gotta remember that it has to be done right away. Now with eggs, they can corrode painted surfaces within hours, especially if you've got some warmer temperatures where you live. So first, carefully pick off all those eggshells, then hose off as much of that egg as possible. And if you've got stubborn, stuck on egg, you wanna cover the area with a paper towel that's soaked in a 50-50 solution of warm water and vinegar and then let it sit. Now, toilet paper, that's got to be removed before it rains because it just gets so much harder to get rid of when it's soggy. Now, what you can do is stick duct tape to a broom handle that's going to help you get that toilet paper that's in those hard to reach places and even those smaller pieces. Now, if shaving cream happens to be what's left your home in a disaster, remember that it can leave permanent marks on cars. I've even seen it leave permanent marks on driveways. So you never want to let it bake in the sun all day. Even that spray silly string, that can also be very damaging to the paint on cars because the string is going to harden and then it's going to adhere to that painted surface. So don't use your fingernail to pick off the string because your car's paint is possibly going to come off right with it. First, what you want to do is just hose off as much as possible and then use a cotton ball or a cotton swab to try to lift off any of that remaining string. And then-
1: we actually have some remaining silly string in my garage from a party that had to have been eight years ago.
0: Oh, my goodness. Cause it, <laughs> I, just, I missed
1: just, it. Didn't get to it.
0: It's so hard to get off. I mean, there's still some on the lamppost from, I think, three Halloweens ago. So whatever it is that you did to make your house a target last year, I don't know, better candy, terrible decorations, fix it. So you're not on the list this year.
1: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, your electric bills may be through the roof, and you know that you can stand to cut down on energy at home. But just where are you using the most electricity? There is now a great way to find out. It is called a whole house electricity monitor. We're going to have tips on just that on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler,
0: and I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone.